Welcome to Men in This Town, the podcast. I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, and for over a decade, I've been photographing men's street style in various towns around the world, looking for those whose dress sense speak volumes about who they are. In this podcast, I take a closer look at those men by bringing them into the studio for a portrait and having a chat about their particular approach to the many facets of life. In this episode, I welcome Chris Burt Allen to the studio, a former management consultant turned fashion influencer turned sustainability advocate. Having spent time living overseas, jet-setting around the world, and working with luxury fashion brands, Chris had truly made it to the top of his game, but soon realized there was nowhere else to go once you hit the top. While questioning the ethics of the industry in which he worked and wanting to find more meaning in it, Chris wondered if there was more he could do with his newfound influence even if it meant biting the hand that fed him. I know I can relate. Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. Start off with introducing yourself, your name, age, and kind of what you do for a living. Yeah, uh, my name is Chris Burr Allen. Uh, I'm from Perth, Western Australia. I'm 35 years old and I've been working as an influencer uh, for, the about, for about five years um, and I'm a reformed management consultant so I have that corporate background as well. Awesome. How was it like um, growing up in Perth when did, and when did you actually come over to Sydney? Yeah, growing up in Perth was amazing. It's that quintessential safe space uh, mm. so I have very fond memories uh, of, of my, of my you know, childhood and teenage years. And I think I was just yearning for more. I just you know was deep into you know, menswear magazines and was always kind of dreaming of what else was out there. So as soon as I had the chance, which was after high school, I went on a gap year. I started studying after that, but went on exchange a couple of times, would spend my summers elsewhere and sort of bounced around for 15 years pretty much. So I, I ended up in... London, and I've just moved back a few months ago. So it was kind of going back and forth um, between Europe and kind of coming over here. And then what was kind of um, the thing that kind of kept you grounded, I guess, in that time? Or was it just kind of exploring? Not a lot. I felt I was very lost. I think operating myself and, and going somewhere different gave me a sense of immediate purpose. Mm-hmm. And I used to pride myself on on settling into it you know and this is you know if we if we look back 15 years it was quite complicated you know figuring out how to get around before google maps was Mm. really established and you know getting your phone organized and understanding how to you know connect and make international calls and stuff you know and i'm talking you know singapore was pretty easy shanghai was like the wild west so to speak wild east (laughs) um athens i i was there for four months I went to, to Mykonos and was like camping for maybe six weeks or something, which looking back on seems so ridiculous, but uh, it was what I wanted at the time. And I actually think that I had run out of money and had nowhere to go when I was in Athens. So I jumped on a ferry and went to Mykonos <laughs> and tried to figure it out from there. It was yeah, pretty insane. Was there something that kind of triggered that way of like, oh, okay, I'm not sure if this is for me ongoing. Was there something that a big change that made you kind of rethink things? Uh, I mean, not that the way you were living was a bad thing at all. It's, but I guess it's 
for you, it seems like there was a point where it was kind of, um, I'm not sure if this is doing it for me. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I couldn't say whether it was something external. I, I think I've always spent a lot of time in my own head and, you know, just monitoring how I, how I feel. And yeah, I, you know, I had a lot of, you know, rough periods and I, and I think looking back, <coughs> excuse me, looking back on it, um, I, I've always been a, a learner, you know, I've wanted to do something new and different and, and, you know, ab- absorbing all the, you know, all the information and observing how things are running gave me a lot of pleasure, like getting up to speed and, and comprehending new things. And then once it became Groundhog Day or, you know, once I, once I ma- mastered it in a sense, um, maybe in terms of just basic comprehension, I would be bored and I really hated that routine and so then I want to do something different but you know just because you're over one thing it doesn't mean you necessarily have something else that has captured your you know your head or your heart so I think I had a lot of in-between times where I just didn't know what to do you know Mm. I felt like nothing had any meaning and um, that's where I really struggled and you know I've I've come a long way since then in in just you know, enjoying life and understanding myself. It's kind of ironic, you know, because it, I felt like I was so in tune with myself, but then I didn't really know how to manage myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I you hear know? that. I, I think it's, I'm very similar in a lot of ways and kind of in my head and kind of that idea of trying to find meaning in something and feeling like, well, what is the point to this or that? And I think you especially experience that for a lot of people when you work in fashion as well. And it's like, well, what, like it just seems so superficial in a lot of ways. And for me, it's like, well, one of the reasons why I kind of, you know, I did, I do street style and it was kind of about photographing people's outfits and how kind of they dress when they want to express themselves. But then I wanted to get the deeper story of who are they? And I did that through the magazine and through this podcast and kind of want to see what the, the inside is like as well. How would you describe your personal style right now and what it's all about? Obviously, you probably would have experimented a lot during the years, and it's like, well, getting to the point where it is now, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been through a lot of phases, and I guess it's one of those things. It's like how you feel about yourself or, you know, just your your identity. You're constantly evolving and learning more. You know, getting older is great in, 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 in a lot of ways. And looking back you feel like those versions of yourself are totally redundant and totally obsolete. But uh, some things have endured. Like I've always had a very conceptual perspective on, on fashion. It's, you know, what it, what it represents, whether, and it varies, you know, sometimes it's self-expression and sometimes it's just textures. And that's what I'm thinking about. And sometimes it's colors and sometimes it's, um, a cultural um, pillar. Sometimes it's um, um, a, a, a mood or an ethos or a vibe. So, you know, some people are much more sensory. You know, it's it's just about like the you know maybe the colors or the textures. Mm. You know, more like literally more superficial. You know, sensory stuff. And that's another thing that I've been learning to hone and pay more attention on as one element of how an outfit will be put together. But yeah, for me, it's been much more conceptual and more about ideas and symbolism, what, what things represent 
that's just me as a person mm. and that's how I've um, you know dressed myself and that's how I've interpreted things that I've seen for so many years amazing what are you wearing today um well good, good question today's a bit of a mishmash um so uh let's start from the bottom up I'm wearing um some uh Prada uh Prada lace-ups the, the chunky right. sole which they did very well with I feel like it's they that that this particular sole the monolith sole is uh just so recognizable and so Prada and you know it really it's like straight to the archive kind of kind of vibe um <laughs> the socks are just I think Hanes I love plain cotton basics whenever I go to the states it's like underwear tank tops socks I always restock um I'm wearing uh, some pleated wide leg um kind of chalk stripe trousers from Charuti which is a brand that I work with um they gifted them to me because I love them so much <laughs> and I was ranting about them so much on, on Instagram. I'm wearing um, a vintage T-shirt, which I believe is in an Outburger, <laughs> actually from the, the Utah um, outpost, <laughs> which I, I bought here in Sydney. And because I've you know, been to Utah, it was very meaningful for me. And uh, over the top, I've got a, a Samso, Samso um, vest, which is made out of merino wool, beautiful drape, beautiful shape. Um, I, I think it's probably my favorite piece at the moment because it's it's playful in its fashion, but it's functional and it's uh, you know well made. And I just that's kind of the sweet spot for me. And yeah, I've got a recycled um, gold bracelet on that I got from Bista Village while I was working with them. They gave me credit as part of the job, and they had a, uh, a kind of a project Earth like sustainability oriented pop-up and there was a jewelry designer there and yeah I picked it up I thought it was a really great investment that's when I was always thinking but that's this is when I was already thinking about stuff you know mm -hmm. being aware of stuff and, and and accumulating stuff and having stuff pushed on me and you know I saw the gold you know for as an investment and I guess it was yeah gold's a great thing in terms of circularity and when you add in the the ethics of mining gold you know there's there's kind of more transparency around that as well, the negative impacts. And so, yeah, recycled gold was, I was like, yes, <laughs> it's fashion, it's cool, it's ethical, it's circular. I love <laughs> all the boxes. <laughs> so I, I guess what, when did um, you go from doing, you know, you went from management consulting to kind of eventually starting your own blog and kind of Instagram and kind of becoming this fashion kind of influencer here in, I guess it was in London and then eventually now you're in Sydney. Where? How did that happen? That transition. I knew that I was really drawn to fashion and events and that sort of you know the the glitz and glamour, I suppose. And I just decided to start cataloging my outfits just to sort of practice photography, sort of to give myself something to do, mm. and just you know see where it went. You know. And I when was I, this? What kind of time period was that? This was twenty sixteen, I guess. Okay. So it's only five years ago. Oh, maybe it was 2015. Um, and I actually, <laughs> I was at the races and I got asked to um, enter a best dressed competition. And I think I won. Well, I placed and I, and I won this big voucher. And that was, that was what I needed. And I just spent the whole <laughs> thing on camera and equipment. And <laughs> I remember going in and talking to this guy who was asking the right questions. You know, I really liked him and he was like, you know, do you need this? Do you need like, you know, 4K video? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, mm. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I just need something that's going to like, you know, 
allow me to, to, to take quality photos. And yeah, as soon as I got a camera and I was, you know, I'd be just constantly playing around and I was traveling and taking photos of, um, you know, my travels and myself and my travels and just trying out all those different uh, styles of photography. And that quickly put me in the, the influencer space, you know, when you're posting pictures mm, of yourself yeah. um, on, on Instagram. And so I remember getting a getting gifted a pair of shoes um, from a PR agency and I was just, my mind was blown, you know, I guess just to be recognized by a brand, it was so unexpected. And as soon as that happened, I was thinking about, okay, great. Well, so this is a thing, like, why is this happening? What do I have to do? How can I lean into this? Mm. And that's where, you know, my, my analytical thinking and my high achieving um, persuasion kind of came into effect. And I just started doing the business development and figuring out what the, what the, what my model was going to be and how I was going to position myself and what would allow me to work with more brands. And I just kind of went hard into it. And <laughs> which is great to have that mind to do that because a lot of people wouldn't think of that. They just want to do the fun part, but you kind of had the business mind to, Kind of say, okay, well, how can I actually make this into something? Totally, yeah, absolutely, yeah. My 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 first inclination was to see where I could take it, and uh, it was it was pretty insane, really. You know, I spent about a year. I think it was a year uh, working full time in that in the role that I mentioned and doing this photography on the side. And, you know, partway through the year, I dropped down to four days per week, which gave me, you know, long weekends and maybe mm. or maybe half days to, to focus on other stuff. And after a year, I, I finished up at that, um, at that uh, workplace and went over to the States to meet with GQ because they had asked me to come in for <laughs> a meeting, which was crazy. Yeah. And I ended up staying there for a year. Nice. <laughs> staying with a friend and just like trying to figure it out. And within, I guess, 18 months, no, 17 months, 17 months from when I started just fumbling around with a camera, I was being flown from Milan Fashion Week to Bermuda via Miami for the America's Cup by Louis Vuitton, <laughs> first class. <laughs> what does that feel like from going from what you were doing kind of to this kind of glamorous seeming life? <laughs> How does that feel? How did that feel? It was wild. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It felt, you know, I felt appreciated and I felt seen and heard and, and valued. And it's, you know, probably what I wanted in, in, in my life and, and what I didn't have growing up and, and I've never been a attention seeking person at all. You know, it's not, it doesn't drive me at all. Mm. It, it, it's more about being understood and, and appreciated and maybe respected. It, it's more of a, a community thing for me and having those, you know, first and foremost, I had to make money. So that's where a lot of it came from. But then I also had this, you know, the need to succeed and the, the, the need to better myself and to, you know, I wanted to work with better brands and, and, and have better clients and work more and have better experiences. And it was quite a multifaceted. So I was never going hard just for money or mm. just for power or, or influence or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, when the work came along and, you know, I didn't want to work with shitty brands or irresponsible brands or brands that I didn't like, that didn't have nice brands themselves mm. their positioning wasn't good 
so yeah, I just kind of lent in towards luxury and just just went straight for it. So being in that world and being in that realm, obviously, especially in that time, the industry itself started changing. Um, and the whole thing about sustainable fashion really kind of took center stage. How your mindset changed as well. How do you kind of balance those two things where it's luxury fashion is this amazing thing and it is something that is to be appreciated. It's an art form. But at the same time, it's like you kind of have gone into the sustainable kind of mindset and kind mm. of teaching yourself and then kind of trying to teach others as well about it. How do you balance those two worlds and kind of are you finding a, a balance? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, it took me a long time. Um, I, what triggered that for you? The the change? The change, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, I've always been a generalist, you know, wanting to understand a lot of stuff, a lot of different things. Um, I've been I'm particularly fascinated by how things are connected. Uh, the, the, the relationship between... Um, different things so you know part of it would always have appealed to me you know growing up in Australia you know I'm very connected to, to nature I always loved the beach I really value the environment uh, I've always been a very conscious person just from I guess being an overthinker but then also my purchasing behavior was horrendous you know and you know as an influencer wanting to work with brands I would accept a lot of stuff which is complicated you know mm. it's complicated with you know what you decide to take on and 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 what that uh how that limits you or what that opens up with with you know for new clients it is a it's a it's a hard one to, na to navigate and you know i definitely got to a point where i was you know known m amongst the the high fashion houses and i was very much positioned up there and i didn't even really get asked to work with um, fast fashion brands or crappy brands because it was kind of clear what I was doing. And I guess it kind of was a little bit more boring. It was that sort of groundhog day because you get to that sort of the, the top and mm. you, don't, you know, there's nowhere else to go other than kind of push it harder or you start comparing yourself to other people around you, which is not good. A lot of things have changed in conjunction, you know, like my, my motivation has changed. Um, I've found that even working in the same way with, with brands, with, with clients, the style has changed because my interpretation has changed. You know, some of my luxury clients on sustainability initiatives have been having a lot of conversations about good examples, you know, examples of good behavior like from, from those brands. And yeah, I'm just I'm just really enjoying the journey, and it and it and it means a lot to me. And I don't even care if if I don't get a lot of work because this is much bigger than that. But I'm so confident in what I'm talking about and my perspective on it that I'm sure it's going to lead somewhere. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think it's people find it you know as we said before like you know confronting or or scary and and you know there's often an absolutist mindset that goes around it like and i've had people come for me you know saying oh my god like you're working with a fashion brand how can you talk about sustainability i'm like well what exactly is your point mm -hmm. why can i not talk about sustainability because I, I i love fashion and i care deeply about what i'm putting on my body 
Mm. What what's your point? Like, do you want to just explain a little further about your assumptions around that? It's, no, all, it's about that. the messaging. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess even just you've kind of cleared up for me is that it's also you kind of speaking to your audience that you've kind of created as well. That's a direct. You're not trying to kind of change the minds of everyone. You're you're changing the minds of people that kind of are interested in fashion and kind of making it very a targeted message, which I think is important as well, because it's like, especially with the influencer world, it's like, it's that great thing of that. You have an engaged audience that you could actually speak to and kind of, they listen to you. So why not kind of get that positive message out there to these people that are spending money on things and they could probably spend money on more appropriate things that will help the earth at the same time. Look, it's, it's hard. You know, I, I appreciate that, that perception, but it's it's a lot, you know, from, from where I was fairly recently, trying to create change and, and, and speaking about sustainability is a lot for even my audience, but, you know, just a lot for social media. You know, people mm-hmm. don't want to be, they don't want to see any implication that they're doing the wrong thing. And finding my tone of voice, like, you know, how I live is, you know, very sustainable like it's not just the fashion it's not just the things that i'm putting on instagram it's like in terms of how i get around my diet how i shop you know i i I cycle everywhere i'm pretty much zero waste i i take part in you know reforestation um programs i donate i i offset i don't talk about all of that you know Mm. i try and work with what instagram is which is you know inspiring and sort of like leading people and making people like conveying also like almost the mood and the and the sentiment and the ethos of what I'm doing, so there it's definitely an adjustment period, and I'm sure there are people that have been you know that are alienated by by what I'm saying because of their assumption about what I'm trying to do, and I have you know a lot of people that are starting to follow me for the sustainability side of things, and they've also come for me because of the fashion stuff, mm. so it it really is a bit of a a dance, but I feel much you know in a lot of ways it's it's more of a disaster than i've ever really had before you know in in social media but i feel so much better about it because i know what i'm doing and you know to a certain extent like if you don't like it or you don't get it, it it's you know it's on you you know you can only go so far in holding people's hand and if you know if your if your eyes aren't open and and your your heart isn't open then sorry mm-hmm. it's a lost cause yeah it's a happy dance that you found, I guess. That's the thing. You found meaning in kind of all of this. Is that correct? To Absolutely. Say? Yeah, yeah I, I, I love it. I, I think my perspective is really important um, because it tends to be all or nothing. And, you know, you can you can have nice things <laughs> and live a good life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be happy and, and, you know, like fashion and, you know, still be into sustainability and still, still do the right thing and still be good for the planet for a long time I grappled with that and it was only when I started you know I I, I went down the zero waste route and 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 sort of really started to minimize my my impacts and offsetting and then I kind of got to the point where I was like well I can really be net, net positive and I'm not the kind of person I don't look like the kind of person um you know people would expect to to be in that position mm. you know I'm not I'm not living on a farm mm. off the grid and I just find I think a lot of people when I get to have these sorts of conversations, people find it very reassuring. Like, do you think um, COVID has kind of helped 
personally kind of you propel into this kind of direction at all? I mean, it's lent you the opportunity to kind of you know, stay still for a second. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the correlation was pretty undeniable. I was in Australia for work when the shit at the van and I happened to be, I'd been in Melbourne. I just arrived in Sydney when stuff, you know, flights started to get cancelled mm. and stuff. And I just lent into it. You know, I, I was okay financially. I decided not to try and force it. I was like, well, let's just see how this goes. It was interesting for me and it was a great time for me. Last year was amazing. The whole year, I'm just, it was such a leap forward in terms of what I'm doing with, with my life. And it, yeah, really changed my trajectory. And so I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the thing that we have to look at some, sometimes the bright side of things. And it's opened up your, your eyes personally. And now it's going to kind of have an impact with other people because you have this platform. And it's, I think if you could kind of motivate or touch or speak to one person even at least that makes the biggest difference. And even through this interview, it's like just opening people's minds up a little bit more and that littlest influence hopefully will have a bigger impact sometimes. 100%. And I think those questions, those, those conversations uh, often happen in person. You know, I, got, I have a, obviously a sizable audience um, on, on social media, but the best chats that I have are, in person, often with people that I don't know. And when you can inspire people and make people excited about doing a little bit better and they're moved to the extent that they will have the same conversation with people in their little world, you know, you can change the world, you know, on, on the premise that we're all connected via six degrees of separation. You know, all you need is like those, you know, four people to, to, to change the minds of people in front of them. Mm. Uh, and you know, you're, you're creating, you know, a better world, you know, on the other side of the world, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, we, we are powerful and we are influential and, you know, I'm grateful for my background and being able to work with brands, I guess, as a brand myself, you know, as, as an equal, you know, partnering with these, like, you know, these big companies and, some people are just so disempowered, you know, they, 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 they think they just have to tolerate whatever is in front of them and that, you know, brands and companies and, and the, the institutions dictate how they have to live. Mm. Like, well, I didn't have a choice. Well, you can say no and you can tell them that you want better. Yeah. Like, and people will just see it as like so like out of the question or so confronting, but you can, you know, like the conversations you have and the feedback you give and, you know, what you tolerate is, is, you know, has a huge impact on, on how we continue to live. Well said. Final question. What's it like to be you right now? What's your headspace at? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's great. <laughs> you know, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I know what I want to achieve uh, in, in the, in the near future. There's things that I want that I'm, not set on and not angry about not having i'm excited about my my role in in the world um you know that what i have to what i want to do what i the change that i want to create is is very inspiring <laughs> for me and being able to have chats like this and do like little jobs with you know with with brands that understand what i'm trying to do then you know, it adds a little bit of mass to, 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 to my, you know, my, my shtick and things are just starting to snowball in that way. 
So I'm really excited. I, I have a lot, um, a lot that I can do. I'm, I'm really grateful for the, the relationships that I have and the work that I've done and, and things that I can sort of go back to or those sorts of relationships that I can utilize to, to, to do what I'm wanting to do right now is is really great well thanks chris i appreciate you coming by um and kind of sharing your story yeah Uh, so happy that i could uh yeah come and, and be a part of this and i'm grateful for the opportunity thanks for listening to men in this town the podcast produced by mitwork and recorded at pocket studio in sydney if you enjoy this episode please feel free to rate and leave a review wherever you're listening and as always thanks for your support